Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I am your host and game master, Candace, and I am here with... I'm Sarah, and I play Vim. The nerve-wracked tiefling warrior. I'm Dan, and I play Cyrus Sassafras, the elderly and agitated druid. I'm Nikki, and I'm playing Jarell Goldenheel, the resigned elven scholar. And I'm Adam, and I'm playing Arden, the invisible half-elven ranger. As they navigate the city of Mithrin, and its many, many threads of intrigue, try to uncover at least one of them, as well as one of their own. Last time on Little Realms. We arrived at the Roared Estate and were greeted by Mother Rose. Over lunch, we discussed business, which was pleasant enough until it became clear Indigo would not be joining us. If we wanted to speak with him, we'd have to hunt him down within the manor. We smashed through the first obstacle in getting to Indigo and were immediately greeted by the second, a flight of stairs with collapsing steps. Sharp eyes and keen reflexes got us to the top of the stairs where we were greeted by a third obstacle, a puzzle. The puzzle was rather rudimentary, nothing to write home about. Indigo would need to devise a much more complex amalgam of riddles, illusory magics, and whimsical key shapes to stump us. Our prize was being teleported into a doorless room with Indigo the Blowhard himself. Turns out he's also a murderer. Shocker. I would have gone after Indigo right then and there if it hadn't been our only way out of the room. And so we pick up with Vim on the opposite side of the desk, standing across from Indigo, who has just stood up and pulled out of the drawer of his desk a decanter of wine and two glasses, calmly poured himself a cup and another cup and offered it across the table to Vim. She looks a little agitated as he's going through the motions of pouring the wine, but after the quiet moment between them, she shrugs her shoulders and walks over, closing the distance between them and sits herself down in one of the chairs across from his little desk. Indigo rounds the desk and sits on top of it, not like crowding your space or anything, but very casually and takes a sip of his wine. Vim reaches forward, grabs her cup of wine, and she you can see kind of her, her fingers are tapping at her knee. It's like a little nervous activity she's doing that something we don't see from her a lot and she she swirls the wine in the glass for a moment and then takes a a small sip indigo's tail swishes across the top of his desk uh, somehow missing all of the stuff that he's got there like papers and books and a writing pen takes another drink how much has gal told you about this favor that you owe me <laughs> oh gal I mean, we both know him, right? Um, from what I've heard, you've 
You've done him a solid both, well, you've done him solids big and small over time. It shouldn't come as any surprise that he hasn't told me, well, anything. Indigo kind of like quirks his head to the side, rolls his eyes, and nods. That is unfortunately what I was afraid of. But is it unexpected? Um, no, no, it's nah. not. No, it's not. His idea for uh, setting me off to find you was not to give a name, though maybe I know why now, but instead to draw a little picture and tell me to look for you. So that's about as much as I knew. <laughs> Indigo chuckles a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, it is my calling card. Did Gal ever tell you the nature of these favors that I did for him? I imagine, well, uh, that it was in line with the kinds of things I had done for him, you know, buying off people who were going to be performing on stage, who he was understudying, and maybe taking them out to lunch so that he could have a shot on stage, you know, harmless things to help out his acting career or to, uh, well, to fix his gambling problems, or rather, the problems he created for himself, but... Aye, he created many of those. Told you they were payoffs? He told me a lot of things that maybe I didn't have enough context for, especially after... after getting to know you a little bit better. And she takes a long drag on the (laughs) glass of wine and shoots him daggers from her eyes. Well... I want to clear one thing up first. And he, like, leans back and digs in another drawer of his desk and then pulls out a small bundle of papers that are tied with a string. And he hands them out to you. These were the missives I kept from Gal, his requests for me. Take a look through them. She'll reach for him and start kind of rifling through the papers, but seems pretty uninterested in them. She just looks up at Indigo expectantly. You're gonna want to read them. They're in his own hand, and you won't believe anything I say. I mean, I I know his handwriting. This, yeah, this is it, but uh, just do I really have to sit here and read these? What, just what is it? I've been dragging my heels and I'm finally here, and... I'm ready to just get it over with, so tell me, what is it, what is it I need to do to to wipe both of our slates clean? Indigo takes another drink of the wine, rolls his eyes in his head again, and then reaches across the space between the both of you and, like, shuffles through the stack of papers in your hand to the last one and holds it up specifically and says, at least read this one. The message on this one, it's definitely Gall's handwriting, and it's in a tiefling cipher, but of course you can read it. And what it's asking is for the removal of a particular tiefling head of the performance part of a caravan, the entertainment section, from the city of Canavecchi. And this particular tiefling's name is Nethvari. And Vim 
very specifically remembers this incident because that tiefling died almost as soon as the mother elephant entered the city, leaving a great opportunity for an ambitious new caravan to take over a entertainment empire already there. So she, her eyes scan over it and she reads it and then reads it again and then she looks up trying to get a read on if he has an angle and then looks back down at it again. So you're saying, so you're saying it wasn't just a, a big break for Gaul, it was something you orchestrated? It was. And he taps the other cards with a, and so are all of those. Ugh, I had, I knew that he would get himself in trouble. I, I knew he would make bad choices. I knew he was ambitious and, and so, so talented, but this, ugh, I, I don't even know what to think about this. And she, she, um, kind of takes the, the stack of papers that she's holding and just kind of starts to rip them up. And she mm-hmm. then she kind of tosses them on the ground. I don't want to believe you, so for now I'm not going to. I need to hear it from Gaul himself, but uh, that it doesn't change that I'm here on his behalf and my own. So once again, tell me what it is you want. And it better not be anything like what's on these papers. Indigo gives you the moment of quiet as you're ripping up the papers, and then continues. To Gal's credit, he did actually ask me to promise that whatever I had you do would not involve poisoning, stabbing, killing, all of the things that he had me do for him. Right, the kinds of things that you're so good at. Yes, I'm very good at them, but... As Gaul has been asking me to do these things for him, they have taken a toll on my own resources. And as he might have told you, I threatened him with, what was it now? Death by a thousand cuts? Yes? (laughs) You know, I've heard him say that a bunch of times, but it takes on a whole new meaning now. That last job I did for him, that is the reason Witherheight is dead. I was not supposed to do that one. Why did you then? What do you know of the Speckled Knight? Anything? Um, and we see them kind of turn her head on her shoulders and sh- shut her eyes for a moment. I remember there's a, there's like a, a nursery rhyme or a really more like spooky bedtime tale that... I heard as a child talking about how the Speckle Knight will come for you. They'll learn your deepest secrets, and then they'll squirrel you away. Something... But, I mean, that all sounded like nothing. It's nothing, right? You see, as you're saying that, Indigo gives you a very humorless, toothy grin. You're not that far from the truth of it. Not all of us do things like that, but some of us do. You see, both myself and Gal are members of the Speckled Knight, 
but we are odd in that we actually know that one another are working for the same caravan. And so I would do favors for Gal. Gal did some favors for me, obviously not enough. And so when Gal asked for Navardi's life, I thought it might be in service to whatever his sect of the Speckled Knight was trying to accomplish. It turns out it was not. And he takes a long drink of wine. It was that blind ambition and pure selfishness. Ugh, I, I still want to hear it from him, but man. So you're both a part of this tiefling shadow network. Working, ugh, you always say you're working towards some greater good. I still think that your, I still think that your actions in this town have been inadmissible. You know, you know there's a man who's been in, in jail for five years now. He was, he was wrongfully accused and put away for murdering you. And then you string up a blacksmith in the middle of town. That was informing on us. I don't care what he was doing. If it wasn't murder, if it wasn't some nefarious crime, which I would say informing is not, then he didn't deserve what you did to him. So I don't, I can't get on board for whatever it is the speckled knight is driving towards. But like I said, I'll be on board for whatever this thing is you asked me to do. Indigo shrugs his shoulders. What I would ask you to be on board for is becoming one of my agents. What that would entail is that, if you wanted, you would become a member of the Speckled Knight. <laughs> really? Oh god, this is some cool joke. And for the most part, you would act independently, but for a few odds and ends to fall into place in Mithrin, I would call upon you to make sure those odds and ends fall where they're supposed to. I don't want to join your shadow caravan. I just, I surely there's there's gonna be something else I can do, or or another another thing I can take care of for you. Something that doesn't involve getting twisted in your vicious little shadow network. Indigo leans forward. But well, I understand that. But you see. Gaul took an entire life of accomplishment from me, and I need to start getting that back. But he leans back again. I know this is not the best deal you've ever been handed, so I am prepared to sweeten it for you. Alright. I'm not optimistic. There are two goals that your little party of adventurers and mine align. That is the proof of wrongdoing for Ewan, Rowan, and Joran Mirne. Vim perks up at this. So do we have a deal? And he's like, like leaning in towards you, sitting on the desk, and he's kind of swirling the cup of wine, and you could tell from his like body language the swish of his tail going to and fro that he's having a lot of fun with this. I'm sure his fun is only increased as he sees Vim, who is still very opposed to what she knows is a shit deal, but she's clearly spinning this over in her head. She likes the idea that 
that this could get them the dirt they need, like the group, the dirt they need to close out one of the cases that they're looking into. And that's just a drop in the bucket of the information that the Speckled Knight can hand you if you know where to look and who to ask. Uh, I, I feel like those silly little nursery rhymes we heard are a warning that I should heed. You'll take my secrets and then take me too. Only for some of us, like me. And he's got a full, like, shit-eating grin on his face at this point. Okay, so I, for the record, am unenthused about every part of this, but I would like to see Rowan and Myrne taken down, so sure, why not? And in her head, Vim is doing some mental math of, okay, this is going to get me immediately something that I need and that would be beneficial to everyone and I hate every single piece of this but I'll figure it out as I go and that's kind of how she just (laughs) deals with things. Excellent. Shit-eating grin continues to plaster itself on Indigo's face. Wait, before you grin, the one thing I want is... Is it possible for the proof you give that will take down Rowan and Myrne? Is it possible for it to appear as though it didn't come from you? He thinks, like, stares off into a corner of the room and thinks for a second. I believe you'll be able to spin it that either you were very lucky or someone else tipped you off. I can work with that. And so... We have a deal? I guess. Yeah. And so Vim will stand up so that they're both at eye level. Indigo leans his overly large crest of horns forward and probably extends his hand also. And Vim does the same, like pressing the crest of her horns uh, up against his and then kind of shaking his hand in tandem. Clearly a gesture both of them have done a hundred times, though. For Vim, usually with much lighter circumstances. Like negotiating wine prices (laughs) or, or maybe delicate wood carvings. You both hold it for like a second longer than a normal like handshake deal would be. And then Indigo pulls back and says, all right, here is what I can give you. As he's speaking, Vim is like wiping her hand off. <laughs> and just like glowering at him. Still just hates every piece of this, but she's listening intently. Indigo like wrinkles his nose a little playfully at you wiping your hand and then looks at his and gives it a once over look not like mocking the gesture but also having fun with it we'll start with Mirne our fine captain Joran Mirne has been skimming taxes from the town for many years now You're going to have to give me much better information than looking at his tax book. You already told our group to look at that. Oh, but I know where it is. It is inside his home. He keeps it in a locked cabinet beside his bed. It's written in a rudimentary and Indigo like rolls his eyes 
a rudimentary code in which the cipher is here, and he reaches into another desk drawer and pulls out a sheet of paper that has the the key on it. And I do have it on good authority that tomorrow evening, while the party is going on, Joran and company will be quite preoccupied with keeping the festivious... Nope, that's not a word. Um, festivities. Festivities. The festivities under control. He uses air quotes. Now, for Ewan Rowan, I do believe that your little party ended up with a lockbox, correct? Let's assume we did. All right. And let's also assume that inside that lockbox was a distinctive hairpin. Once again, an assumption, but sure, let's play make-believe. All right, so in the make-believe world where the box has a single hairpin in it of a set of two hairpins that most everyone in Mithrin has seen Liara wearing and would be very hard to make disappear in a city as small as Mithrin with people who talk as much as Mithrin citizens do. Whoever has the matching pair to that hairpin would be the one who most likely murdered Liara. We like to keep trophies. And he Ugh. glances to one of the bookshelves in his office and then back down to you. You're a fucking pig, but sure, a good tip, I suppose. Look for the hairpin. How have you not already landed on this? Better intel would be telling us who had it. Who currently do you think killed Liara? Nirne, or perhaps Rowan. Probably Rowan. Well then you have your answer. You don't need me to tell you some things. Rowan lives in the guest house on Mirne's property. And yes, that is exactly as weird as it sounds. Do you perchance know a good time to steal from Rowan? I would imagine that tomorrow evening during the party, Rowan will be preoccupied with drunks and miscreants and pranks and who knows what else. And maybe we divide and conquer. This intel was alright. Um, at least it gives us next step. So I'll figure out how to move things in this direction. You are very resourceful. I know you will be able to. Vim, like, rolls her eyes real hard and then does that thing <laughs> where you, like, tongue at the inside of your cheek and you can see it kind of moving around like she's just <laughs> not having it. <laughs> Indigo shrugs again, offers a refill of your wine for the road. She holds up a hand. Alright, then I do believe you have some investigating leads, not super nefarious things to get up to. And remember, we'll be in touch. And he, it's not a shit-eating grin this time, but he is smiling at you. Yes, we'll be in touch. Oh, on that note, do not break into my home again. Between you and me, I do not care what debt I hope to erase. I will kill you if you come into my home again. So, find an I... to deliver your message. <laughs> I will not do that again. Um, that was not me. That was... I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it, was. 
it was you or you ordered it and I don't care and if anyone, you or one of your lackeys, comes into my home one more time, I will kill you and then I will find the other members of your of your faceless or your um, your your speckled knight if there are any others in, in Mithrin and I will wreck them. So don't do it again. I like your vim. Mm. Vim. Mm. <laughs> mm. I roll. So hard. Uh, Indigo spends the next solid like 45 seconds laughing at his own joke. Uh, just poof me away or else this is you're killing me right now. <laughs> just just poof me away, please. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. He makes a dramatic hand motion, which you are acutely aware is not necessary at all to do the poofing, and you poof away. And end up back at the front of the Rorid estate, where your companions are. At about the same time as he poofed us away, I let my invisibility spell go. So by the time we all sort of fade back in in front of the estate, I will be invisible again. I'm just going to look at the other two, because we know that uh, Vim wasn't getting poofed back at the same time as we were, so... What Arden sees is Cyrus banging his quarterstaff against the ground, cursing. I fucking missed him with my loogie, goddammit. <laughs> Better luck next time, perhaps. Drell looks back up at the house and sort of, like, sighs... And then pulls that. They still have that glowing book. They sit down on the front step and. Op- Are there any blank pages in it? Is it the book you took from the riddle room? Mm hmm. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, there are blank pages on it. Drill flips to a blank page and starts writing while, like, muttering under their breath. <laughs> uh, what is Jarrell writing? Um, Jarrell is uh, two things. One is detailed instructions, prefaced by a. No offense, I know, I'm sure you're a great healer, but like, if you notice any of these symptoms <laughs> in Brennan, please drop me a line. <laughs> and then, like, an addendum is like a really awkward, like, sorry for almost killing you note. Aww. And then when they're done, they like shove it into the mail slot of the door. So about 20-ish minutes later, uh, Vim poofs back. Vim, you're all right. <laughs> well, presumably, Vim, uh, Jarrell sort of like stands at arm's length and kind of surveys her. Did you kill him? Vim looks a little bit shaky as she poofs back. And uh, there's kind of a, like the light in some ways looks like it's been taken out of her eyes. But when she poofs back and sees everyone and realizes that everybody waited and stuck around until she reappeared. It, it kind of returns and she warms up. Oh, um, yes, gosh, uh, thanks. Thanks for waiting, everyone. Um, no, I didn't kill him even though. Let me tell you, I want to, and and maybe before we, any of us leave Mithrin, we, um, you know, we, we do it as, as a parting gift, but for now, for now, not so much. Anything happen out here while I was gone? Anything interesting? Nope. We were just waiting to make sure you're alright. I'm also annoyed at all of you. We had the enemy in our sights, and yet you stayed your hands. Let me let me question this. You started a town guard, or a town watch, whatever you call it, 
to, to clean up the streets. Why did we not kill him? Jarrell just kind of stares at you. I've had enough of almost killing people for one day, if that's quite all right with you. Honestly, I wish the leader of the Faceless had been anyone but literally the one person in the city I cannot do anything to. I owe him, I owe him big, and I have to see it through, and um, until that's done, I can't take any action, but let me tell you, when this when this is done, boy howdy are we going to sneak into his home in the middle of the night. <laughs> Cyrus is scratching his head, his little tuft of hair on the top of his forehead. I, I don't know what you're talking about, it sounds an awful lot like an excuse, and excuses are seldom good for anything, but... I do like the idea of sneaking into his house at a future point and ending this once and for all. I I don't know that we started the, the neighborhood watch with assassination in mind, more interrupting, you know, burglaries in progress and, and things more of that nature, protecting rather than, you know, exacting vigilante justice. Oh, that's certainly true. This would be more of an extracurricular activity (laughs) um, that is in no way associated with or a part of official um, Neighborhood Watch activities, but it, I don't know, I mean, I'm still firmly in the boat that it would be for the greater good of Mithrin, but we did just spend an hour telling a man that the ends don't justify the means, so... Mm Why don't we table the whole murdering people thing for later? <laughs> yeah, I think now nah, you're right. I need some distance from this and to kind of think it over. I would say that for how much you all seem to have problems with murdering people, you're awfully quick to jumping to murder yourselves. Well, I have never had any problems with it, Arden, and if you are the mercenary that you say you are, how much gold would do you require to join me on this task? Well, it's a little unfair to say the problem with this person is that he's a murderer, and therefore it's fair to, for you to be one as well. Doesn't that seem a little hypocritical? No, it doesn't. When there is weeds in your garden, you pluck them out. You don't scold them and talk to them and hope things get better. I agree with Cyrus, but unfortunately, these are the kinds of weeds we have to just let grow for now. Yeah, maybe maybe a nice quiet night will help some of this blow over. I need alcohol. <laughs> yes, I think we all... It's been... It's been a very long day. Alright, we go back to the inn. So you head back to the inn. What is everyone doing... Arden's going to uh, go and look at some of these books that he's got sitting in his room. Okay. Like, he's got a lot of them. Okay. So Arden goes up to his room to read. Cyrus is getting a drink. Yep. And Jarrell... Jarrell has a whole stack of letters. Whole stack of letters. And then what is Vim doing? So the entire time the group is walking back, Vim looks just fucking relieved that no one is like really pressing her about the details of the conversation. Oh, oh wait, oh wait. And she's thinking like, oh yeah, I made it through. This is fine. I have time to come up with the lies I'm gonna have to tell. It's okay. Later on, I'll tell more lies that'll get me out of this lie, which is how that usually works. Everything is fine. Like, that's what her mental dialogue looks like. Oh, all right. So Jarrell comes down <laughs> in the common room with, like, an armful of paper and sort of looks around um, for anyone in the group. Arden will, after a bit, 
probably take bring a couple of the books down to the common room so that he's like findable and you know can get a drink and food while he's reading okay Bim, upon getting to Journey's End, like very quickly pops into her home, checks around, makes sure everything looks fine, and then she pulls out one of her fancy cups that she stole. Oh wait, no, never mind. She had three fancy cups. She puts back two of them, so now there's three in her home, and she has one. And then she pulls out um, some little like wood blanks that are round and square, and then some like wood carving tools. And then mm-hmm. takes all that back to the main room at Journey's End and asks for Cyrus to pour her a drink in her fancy cup. Joe kind of comes down and, and surveys the group all with their different activities and was like, oh, um, I was going to pop out for an errand. Are, are we still doing the buddy system? Yeah, that's the buddy system. Grab someone who's more sober than me, though. <laughs> wow, I'm surprised at your astounding amount of common sense, given that you usually lack it so much after taking a drink. Arden, <laughs> uh, I think the last time I was drunk, I went and got satisfied at the Coriander's kiss. That was a very smart move. And I've seen how the people there look at you now whenever you walk in. <laughs> Savage. Lust. Well, I don't want to take any of you away from what you're doing. Um, no, no, you need to witness this thrashing of me versus Arden. Who won this debate? <laughs> I clearly beat him in hunting earlier. Who won this? Oh, I couldn't possibly choose it. It seems like a tie. The only thing that we killed when we were hunting before was nothing. We found a dead body. It was already dead. I'd say we both succeeded and failed magnificently on that one. Fine, a tie it is. Two ties in a row. I will best you, Arden. Bim is just shaking her head in the background. She looks way more comfortable with y'all talking about, like, the killing and the body than she does about the Coriander's kiss. <laughs> Aw, I love that Bim's a little shy. Um, <laughs> She's just shaking her head like, no, no, please, no, stop talking about this. Bim, would you mind terribly? I don't want to interrupt what you're doing, but um, they look sort of anxiously toward the door. Bim starts sweating bullets and then looks down at their carving, which they, they had kind of started working on, and then looks back up at Drell. No, I think you're right. The buddy system is still a good idea, and I guess, um, well, Arden needs to look after Cyrus. Cyrus, can you watch my tools, make sure they're fine while I'm gone? I will babysit Arden. I know what that watch your tools is code for. Bim smiles and, like, gives him a wink, like he's in on some secret. Cyrus winks back. <laughs> and she pats him on the shoulder and gets up and walks over to Drell. All right, let's go take a very quick walk to wherever you're going. Oh, yes, I don't anticipate this should take very long. I've just got a lot of these that I've written since Fogberg, and I need to get rid of them eventually. How tall is the stack of letters? It's more of like a bundle, but it's like a thick enough bundle that it's almost like a cube. Jarrell and Vim head out of journeys and on your way to the library you see Landon with a squad of four soldiers behind him roll perception 19 Mm, 20 the four soldiers with him two of them you recognize as being part of Landon's original platoon, but there's one that you don't recognize, and Isidra is with them also, 
and they are carrying manacles. Um, wait, so there's two, there's Landon and four people, two we recognize, one we don't, and Yusidra? And Yusidra, yes. Do we recognize the direction that they're going or the house that they're moving towards? They seem to be going the same direction you came from. Drill looks over at Vim in alarm. <laughs> what do you think is happening? I don't know, but I would like to find out. Now I'm trying to figure out what to do with a stack of letters right now. There. How far are we from the inn? You're a couple blocks away. Here, I know what I'm going to do. I summon an unseen servant. Uh, take these, will you, dear? And I hand the stack off to the servant and direct it to go just, like, hang out in an alley and, like, conceal the, the papers from anyone who comes by. Landon doesn't seem to have noticed you or really anyone on the street. Are you following stealthily or are you just going to, like, follow? Casually. Yeah, at a comfortable distance. So you're following casually and after the first block goes by, you're both thinking, nah, you can't be going to where it seems like. But after the next two blocks, it seems as though it is an inevitability that Landon ends up at the door of Journey's end. I cast message and I, I say to them, Oh my god, Yodam and Brennan have been bringing money from Rorit to Abram and Mickey. Do you think they're involved with the Faceless? I sincerely hope not. Honestly, that thought hadn't crossed my mind. Gosh. You see Landon presumably take a large breath in as his shoulders rise and then let it out and he pushes the door open. Inside Journey's End, Cyrus and Arden, your drinks are interrupted as Landon files in with these four other uniformed guards behind him. Yelchin looks up from his position at the bar and raises an eyebrow at Landon. Both of you roll in sight for me. Oh, I got a 10. 17. Arden, you don't really get too much from just looking at the scene. Cyrus, you can tell even from where you're sitting at a booth and inside that Landon is white as a sheet. He's not standing in a relaxed sort of way at all. He's standing really rigidly. His hands are clenched at his side. And he looks for all the person that just does not want to be here. He crosses from the middle of the room up to the bar and says to Yelchin, I need to speak to Abram, please. And Yelchin's other eyebrow goes up and he disappears behind the curtain that separates the main room from the kitchen. And for the first time, Landon looks around the room. You, Cyrus, and Arden are actually the only ones out here because it's that weird time between the like afternoon drink havers and dinner. There's only like a slight glimmer of recognition in his face as he stands stoically and watches that dividing curtain. Candace, with my roll, 
these the four people that he's with are they kind of like do i know that they're together they're all dressed in the same uniform so they're all they all look like they're here on official business the two that you recognize as being part of Landon's platoon look a little confused. They're shifting their weight between their feet and looking around the room. The other two, Isidra included, are standing quite firmly watching what's going on in front of them, be that Landon or the curtain. You're not quite sure which. Uh, since Arden didn't notice it, and I did with my insight, I'm going to grab my spoon and throw it at Arden. Why did I just get hit by a spoon? Because you have no idea. You're doing elf things. You were all the ten on insight. You don't know what's going on. Well, I, I know that there are four guards here. Arden's just kind of glad that they haven't come up and arrested him. You're looking kind of elfish, though. Cyrus throws a spoon at you. Arden gets hit by a spoon. And I give you that, that nod, like, look over here. Arden looks over at Landon and sort of nods to him and says, ah, looks like you're here on business today. Landon glances towards you and just gives a really uh, a nod that looks like it might break his neck if he nodded any farther. Vim and Jarell, you can come in whenever. Vim looks aghast. She's just kind of watching on, not completely, or having trouble registering what's going on, and is just standing kind of where where her and Jarell stopped and noticed what was going on. Uh, Landon, you look whiter than normal. What's what's going on? He presses his mouth into a really thin line and just shakes his head at you. And it's about this time where Abram comes through the curtain and crosses to stand in front of Landon. Behind him is Mickey, who stops at the bar and stands there with Yelchin as they watch. And after a moment of Landon and Abram looking at each other, Abram says, do what you must. At the same time, Landon says, Abram, I'm sorry. Abram, you are under arrest. And from the back room, one of the kids, Lev, runs out crying and falls to his knees on the floor next to Abram pulling at his apron and looking up at Landon, pleading. And from outside, Vim and Jarell, you can hear this because he's just like, inconsolable shouting no no please i didn't know this would happen i didn't want this and abram kneels down next to lev says you're not at fault mirne is the one behind this and we all know it which does absolutely nothing to alleviate lev's tears and he continues to cry harder Abram wraps him in a hug before standing back up. Roll insight again, this time at advantage. Yeah, we came inside. 21. I rolled a natural one. (laughs) Arden has started eating again. (laughs) I rolled a 20. Maybe Arden needs another spoon thrown at him. Arden's mind is sidetracked by what he was reading and by the fact that he, like actually used magic today so he's he's his mind is just elsewhere he's watching what's going on but there is 
zero no amount of like classic art (laughs) it's just like oh hey these people are getting arrested and it looks like the little one thinks that it's his fault Jarrell is like kind of distressed at, at the crying child and sort of comes in and sort of tentatively wait are they like behind the counter they're not behind the counter so Landon and Abram are in the center of the room and Lev is next to Abram and clinging to him right now. Jarrell kind of puts some brace, a bracing hand on, on Lev's shoulder and is like, um, sorry, uh, Sergeant Landon, what, what, what's happening? What's going on? What was your insight roll? Uh, 21. You get a lot of uh, what I already narrated that Cyrus says, and you also can hear in Landon's voice that it's shaking real bad. And he has to start over from the beginning. And he recites robotically, Abram Helund, by the order of Captain Joran Myrne and Margrix Victor, you are under arrest for collusion with the known criminal group baseless you are charged with knowingly harboring these criminals and taking bribes from them please come with me to await trial in prison and he also then looks directly at you Jarrell. mouths at you message me i cast message um kind of grip tightening on poor lev's little shoulders What's happening? Is everything all right? I mean, I can see it's not, but... It's nothing. It's all not, not all right. Victor did no such way order this arrest. As far as I know, he doesn't even know about it. Jarrell looks really conflicted for a minute and then messages him. I think we have some things we need to tell you. Later. All right, where can we meet? It's probably not safe for him to come to Journey's End, necessarily. God, where else do we know of in town? Roll intelligence. 20. Journey's End is probably a bad idea. Coriander's Kiss is a decent idea, but it would still look a little suspect because you would probably want to go get a private room. (laughs) We're here for our orgy. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, um, let's meet at the Arendales. Tonight? Tonight. What time? I don't know. Um, an hour after sundown. (laughs) I can be there. And as this conversation has been happening through message, the four guards have walked up and Abram has stood back up. His wrists and legs have been manacled. And two of the guards, Isidra and the other one you don't recognize, stand on either side of Abram and begin slowly leading him to the door of Journey's End. Wait, wait, wait. Cyrus stumbles over, knocks over a chair to <clears throat> Abram, wait, wait. Before you go. Are we still going to get the friendly discount? Cyrus? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so <laughs> awful. Isidra and the other guard both visibly lean back 
from your alcohol breath. <laughs> Abram smiles kindly at you. As long as we're able to provide it, we will. Cyrus turns around. He's a good man! A good man! What is Lev doing at this? <laughs> like, <laughs> Lev is crying on the floor. Oh, Mickey no. has moved to hold Lev in his arms. There now, dear. I'm sure we'll get this all sorted out in no time. And Lev is just blubbering as Landon is leading, or as the two guards are leading Abram out. And then Landon follows after giving all of you one final nod. And Lev is blubbering on the floor. Like, and they came up and talked to me. I didn't know that's why they were asking about the money that you get. And I just thought the money pays for food and stuff. And like, I didn't know. I didn't know. It's all right, dear. All of this, all of this, I'm sure this will all get sorted out. I'm sure there's been some sort of misunderstanding and it will all work out in the end. Okay? Uh, roll persuasion. Uh, 16. Lev does seem a little soothed by this. And Mickey also it relates the same things. Like, it'll be, it'll be okay. Like, this will all blow over. We're fine. We came out fine. Get out here. We'll be fine again. Don't you worry. We'll, we endure. We get along one way or another. The room is essentially silent at this point. The footsteps have faded from outside. Mickey turns to Yelchin. Would you be a dear and put a sign on the door that we're not up to serving dinner? And Yelchin nods and moves to do so. Tragedy in our home, guys. <laughs> we see Vim is like shaking a bit and her, her like her eyes are glistening as she watches Abram be taken away. Because as far as she's concerned, he's completely innocent. And this is another person in, in prison who doesn't deserve to be there. Arden will look at Vim and the others and say, well, if he's guilty, they'll probably break him out as well. If he's innocent, then theoretically, after our work is done, he shouldn't really have anything to worry about. Hold that thought. Drell runs back outside and, like, goes and retrieves their letters. <laughs> <laughs> Your poor letters. Trump comes back in, laden again, frustrated a little that they can't go to the post office, but also sort of like, okay, this is more important. Uh, a word, everyone? If, if, oh, oh. Arden turns the page in his book. Cyrus is kind of giggling into his cup and turns his head towards Jarrell. <laughs> what is it, Jarrell? Who all, who is in the room? It is you four, Yelchin, Lev, and Mickey. Arden's going to look over to... Because, like, he can only imagine that the others are kind of staring at us by now. Mickey, Lev, seem to be occupied with comforting each other, and Yelchin is staring off into the middle distance. All right. Um, okay. Jarrell uh, addresses Yelchin really quickly, and, um, you know, if... If you guys need any help or anything, um, please do let us know. Um, I think, I think this will all turn out for the. I think we'll get this figured out. Um, right, Jarrell sort of gestures at you all and is like, "Uh, a word, if you could. Could we go upstairs for a moment?" 
Jarrell doesn't even look to see if you guys are following. They just clatter up the stairs with their letters. Cyrus, if you will grab all of my wood carving tools, uh, then I will grab you and I can pull up the stairs. <laughs> Cyrus swoops his arms in at nothing. He's like, well, so let me try again. And then he grabs him the second time. <laughs> oh, and then Vim like swoops her arms and like picks up Cyrus with like one hand behind his back and then the other one like under his leg, like Aww. scoops him up. Because uh, she just assumes he's too drunk to make it up the stairs and then like slowly follows after Jarrell. You assume correct. Yeah, Arden's following. He's already got his books. What time is it, Candace? How how long is it until sun sundown? It's still before dinner time, and then the sun's going down pretty quickly after dinner. So like three, three and a half hours. Jarrell dumps dumps their papers back on the desk and sort of like takes a deep breath to like try to de- decompress a little bit. <laughs> Landon wants to meet us at the Arendales. Something's amiss. Victor didn't qual- didn't authorize the arrest. I think Landon thinks something's wrong. I think he's on to Rowan. Well, that's, I think, just about the best news I've heard all day. It kind of is, right? <laughs> when did you all have this conversation? Message. Magic, Vim. Magic. Yes, uh, I told him we would meet him at the Arendale Estate uh, an hour after sundown, which we might get there a few minutes early and warn the Arendales. Couldn't have chosen tomorrow morning, maybe when he's less drunk. Cyrus shakes his fist in the air. <laughs> I fight better when I'm drunk. Vim will carry me into battle and I will triumph valiantly. I apologize for not coming up with a more convenient itinerary when put on the spot in front of Yasidra. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, Arden. I think by now it's established that I'm not very quick on the draw, all right? If you want that, you need my sister. I did the first thing I could think of. One of us being drunk won't be too much of a drawback, hopefully. Although, Cyrus, no more drinks before we go. You need to sober up. I I can do that. I I have potions that will sober me up. If I can find them, I start patting myself. Nope, nope, that's that's a coin. Hold on a second. Vim, put me down. Oh, all, all right. She'll find a chair and like very gingerly <laughs> like set him down. Cyrus pulls out his... Oh, I don't think anti-venom will work. That's not like a... Oh, shit. That's no. Like a... <laughs> Antitoxin think. would work. I don't think that's a... Oh, I do have antitoxin. Fuck yeah. Cyrus pulls out his... uh From his backpack. Yeah, you witness the powers of Cyrus Sassafras, expert herbalist of Bogberg. Despite themselves, Terrell is actually kind of looking on very interestedly. Like, and oh, I, what are you doing? And I pull out a a very milky green vial, pop the cork, stick it in my mouth, chug away, <laughs> slap my cheeks, and all of a sudden I'm standing straight up again. All right, I'm ready to go. You're not going to throw up, are you? <laughs> nope, I'm good. Let's okay. do this. What, what what are we doing again? An hour after sundown, we're meeting up with Sergeant Landon and the, at the Arendale estate to powwow on all this bullshit, as it were. Hopefully to find out what's actually going on with this arrest. Um, though I've seen members of the Faceless in here enough to have an idea of what it is anyway. Yes, it, it does seem like, well, 
It seems like they have both legitimate and questionable enterprises sort of tangled up in each other. What? Oh, oh dear. Oh, I think they have enough evidence to make the arrest of probably a good quarter of the town. The question is why they chose an innkeeper now. He doesn't seem like a major player in all of this regardless. Roll insight for me. Okay, let's see if I can do better this time. (laughs) One of these rolls. Yes, I got a 21 overall. You spend, Arden, spend a lot of time avoiding human settlements. Well, coalition settlements in general. But one of the things that you have noticed in your travels is that innkeepers, for whatever unfathomable reason, usually serve as some sort of like community figurehead of like the morale of the town, the city, the community, even if the like actual ruler of the settlement is does more things for the people. So you could only assume that a human in their pitiful spitefulness is trying to send a message by arresting what you would probably assume is somewhat of a community figurehead in Mithrin. Yes, Arden Arden (laughs) reiterates that, well, I mean, regardless of how important he is, it just seems kind of stupid to, uh, after two members of a gang give themselves up, it seems at very least unproductive to waste your time resting another one. Well, Rowan especially, and possibly Mirna, I don't know him as well, strike me as, at this point, more desperate than calculating. That is something that we can hopefully continue to use to our advantage, and maybe Landon has been using it to his own. It didn't seem like Landon had much of an advantage in anything, as far as I could see, and notably it took me a while to figure out who they were arresting. I thought that they might have come for us finally. <laughs> Jarrell shudders at that. <laughs> it like shoots him a look like no one could ever possibly come for me. <laughs> I'm I'm unblameable. You have a piece of paper that says you can do anything. That's true, actually. Well, if we are going to go into uh, potentially a dangerous situation without a long rest, I need time to prepare. Cyrus sits down, pulls out his alchemy jug and some vials. Honestly, incredibly hopeful that walking into the Arendelle estate does not prove to be a dangerous situation. Yes, same. (sighs) Better safe than sorry. And I start pouring acid into vials. You're dumping acid into vials. Yeah, something to throw. I'm like down spell slots. I need some. I need some weapons here. Okay. <laughs> I am hopeful all will be well. Do think Cyrus's desire to prepare is <laughs> prudent. Jarrell like kind of glares at their pile of letters. Uh, well, we have some time. Vim, would you mind terribly? Or I mean. No, it's uh, it's as good a way as any to pine. All right, we'll just make it very quick. Does anybody want a vial of acid? I have two. <laughs> well, if we're bound and determined to go into this armed, Arden will hold his hand out to Cyrus. Cyrus gives him a vial of acid. I think Vim and Jarrell start walking out as... <laughs> as the acid is being handed out. 
Uh, Let's pop acid real quick here, Auden. If you drop that on anything in this room, I will, like, overcome my hang-ups and murder you in the face. (laughs) Arden attaches it to his belt, but on the opposite side as his healing potions. Probably wise. (laughs) Cyrus puts it in his prison wallet. Uh, I'm kidding. Do you really want a bottle of acid up your butt? I'm kidding. That's... Also, probably for the best. It's somewhere in my frock. I don't know where. All right, are we uh, just like assuming we're taking a little rest and then going to Arendelle's? Yeah. Does anything wild happen at the post office? I hope not. No, Jarrell. Were you going to interrogate Vim on the way to the post office and back? Gently. What does gentle interrogation sound like? <laughs> I guess you'll find out. And that's where we'll end for tonight. All right, upstanding citizens of Mithran, it's been a while since you heard from me, but here we go. Thanks for listening to this episode of Little Realms. If you like the show and want to stay up to date, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter at PodRealms, and on the web at www.littlerealms.com. You can find the GM Candace at Candor underscore joy. Dan is Midwestern Wargaming. Nikki, who does the incredible art, is Knickknack Art. And Sarah is Sarah L. Lorraine. Nope, that wasn't right. She's actually. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, one more try. All right. Sarah is Sarah L. Kinney. And Adam is the Culture Tomato. May your journey be successful. And may your watch stop crime around town. We'll see you next time. I love the neighborhood (laughs) watch voice. Bravo. Thank you for listening to this episode of Little Realms. If you like the show and want to stay up to date, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter, PodRealms. We also have a website, www.littlerealms.com. May your journey be successful, and we'll see you next time. The wonderful music you hear on Little Realms is possible due to royalty-free music and content creators such as TabletopAudio.com, Freesounds.org, and Kevin McLeod, creator of Incomputech.com. Royalty-free music licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution License 3.0.